0: You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a podcast supported by listeners like you. To contribute, visit patreon.com slash I Have Some Notes.
1: Greg, we want to do an episode about a recent documentary that looks at gender disparity in Hollywood.
0: Oh, totally. Important issue. You got it. Show is yours.
2: Damn it. That didn't take any convincing at all. Disappointing. I really wanted to crush his soul a bit. Well,
3: I guess we could brainstorm a list of other ways to crush his soul and give them to Aaron. Ooh,
1: I love that idea. No notes.
3: Welcome to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies as suggested by you. I'm your host, Glenna Show walter I'm
4: Anita Bourgeois. I'm Erin Beaver. I'm Danica LeBlanc.
3: And today we are doing a episode of Side Notes, so we're not actually doing any of the things I said in the intro. <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not punching up, we're not cutting, we're not keeping. We're just discussing uh, a movie and uh, the, the associated issues that come with that movie. We are talking about This Changes Everything, which was released September 7th, 2018, uh, directed by Tom Donahue. And it is a uh, documentary that analyzes dis- gender disparity, specifically in Hollywood, uh, both on and off camera. And it was actually Anita's suggestion that we do this movie. So, Anita, I want you to, to give us a little background on what, uh, what inspired you to suggest this for us.
1: Yeah, uh, this is all my fault. Here we go. Um, I, I found this documentary on Netflix, and it looked really fascinating. So one night, I sat down and turned it on, and went through it. And by the time I got to the end, I was I was crying, and I was like, "This, I need to do something about this. I need I I need to talk about this with with other ladies. Like we we need to have this discussion. It, it suddenly felt very very important to me." Uh, so the next day in the car, I said to my lovely husband, I was like, I need you to do something for me. I need you to get me an episode of I Have Some Notes. <laughs> I, I need other people to watch this documentary and I need to get all the girls together so we can
3: talk about it. And so now here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Um, it is funny. I do have a list of like featured uh, actors and uh, interviewees, but there were so many wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Um, to list everyone
1: that showed up in this documentary would take a really, really long time. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. But some some names, uh, just for if anyone's interested, uh, Gina Davis was a a big part of this documentary. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, Tracy Ellis Ross, Jessica Chastain, Patty Jenkins, Rashida Jones, Meryl Streep's Meryl Streep's Meryl Streep. <laughs> um, I, I I pluralized it because there are just so many more. Uh, <laughs> there are so many Streeps,
2: <laughs> so many Streeps. Actually, Meryl's Streep. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, <laughs> she contains it, yes suits, exactly. as do all women.
1: Yeah, she's like um, the Spider's Man, right? She'd- yes,
2: yes. Calls to sex. <laughs> the Merrill's <Yeah>. Streep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is a very goofy energy to bring into this, and I love it. Uh, I love yeah. it very much. Um, yeah, before we get into the movie proper, mm-hmm. um, I think it would behoove us to talk about, um, sort of gender disparity in media as it has affected us personally and how we have noticed it either in media that we consume or I know a lot of us are artistic media that we work on. Um, yeah, how's, Let's let's talk about personal experience with gender disparity. <laughs> oh, oh, this is
1: gonna boy. be a big
3: chunk here. Where <laughs> I start? Of
2: course. Uh, okay. So for those who don't know, I own a comic shop in Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, award-winning
1: uh, comic, comic <laughs> shop. <laughs> I will note.
2: Yes, that is true. Um, and as a lot of people know, it is a male-dominated industry. Uh, it always has been. Readership, of course, has m- mainly been parody. Uh, not that anyone actually says that. Uh, it's very it's very viewed as male dominated readership as well. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of personal experience with uh, being diminished as a woman um, and reading content that diminishes women. So this documentary was very. <sighs> I mean, it, it was it was information I already knew um, in a very, a very good package, of course. You know, it's, it's, everyone should watch this nevertheless. But uh, I saw a lot of through lines from uh, how women uh, directors uh, were treated. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a huge through line to women comic store owners. And so, I, you know, we'll go, we'll go more into that. But uh, on the whole, absolutely, it's, it's an uphill battle. Uh, even though we've always been here. There are pictures from, you know, the 40s, the early days of comics, of, of little girls reading comics, and it's we've always been here.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you could probably draw a direct parallel between the comics industry and the movie industry mm-hmm. the same time, right? So the 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. Exactly
2: Absolutely. the same. Especially now that uh, the last 10 to 20 years, the pop culture uh, comics um, I don't know, pop culture has exploded with comic stuff. And so now it's it's more mainstream. And so there's a lot of mixing, really, uh, because now there's, there's sexism available for everybody. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so much fun. Uh, we could probably do an entire documentary about superhero comic book movies, Um, And that could fill another 90 minutes. Um, Oh, easily. Yeah. (laughs) I I actually had to look up when this was released because they did, um, just to foreshadow a bit, they did end uh, with the first Wonder Woman movie, which was uh, monumental for me in a lot of ways. But it made sense in that point in time um obviously four or five years on it's very different i think it would be a very different movie um a lot of things would you know the more the more things change the more they stay the same there's there's that saying for a reason um a lot of that would be the same it has not changed in five years has not changed in 50 years um but i i liked that they ended with it because at that time in 2018 2019 that was an uplifting moment that was a hopeful maybe things are going to change at least for superhero movies it didn't really but we can keep hoping Mm -hmm. it's a start
1: yes right and you have to start somewhere and it's it's better than nothing it's not as good as it could be Mm -hmm. right but
2: You have to take it by inches because that's all the you know that's all the the men are going to give you you know (laughs) some of them yeah I guess it had to be someone to start that that uh you know the 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 man haters club phase so it's going to be me whatever it's fine Uh, if we get weird comments on this pot on this post then I'm okay with that it's fine Uh, they know where Mm -hmm. to find me (laughs) seriously (laughs) I have a brick and mortar you can come talk to me I do not care about your b s. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's true. Danica is the best person I know for handing back the BS that gets doled out. Mm-hmm. You're my hero. And, like,
2: we have to be strong because we come up to to so much of that. It's not just it's not just comics. It's not just movies. It's not just video games. But it's women have to be stronger because they're put up they're put up against so much.
1: Yeah, there's a whole wall of unfair out there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like we're never going to be able to fail up. What's that like? I don't know. <laughs> I've had to work hard for everything I've gotten. It, nothing is an accident. Nothing is oopsie daisy. I guess I have a sexual harassment claim, but you know what? I'm a CEO now, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my Ugh. God. I know. Equal rights for women, right? Sexual harassment claims. For- no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> sexual <laughs> harassment for all. Oh, no, 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 no. Not for that, all. Solves that, that solves nothing. Let's not do nothing. that. No. Yeah.
3: Um, it. It's funny that you bring that up, Danica, because I uh, I work in the video game industry, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a very similar uh, kind of a disparity. Um, I remember when my company was really excited when they hired. Uh, enough women to have 25% women working at the company, which is like, <laughs> <Woo>. yay, <laughs> we're still, you know, vastly underrepresented in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. I, it was, it was very, I was very struck by, um, I think it was Alan Alda who said it in the, in the documentary that once a job becomes uh, money-making, then it becomes mm-hmm. a man's job. Yep. and we're really seeing that in our pop culture. I think. Oh, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, verified. The that entire segment about women directors in the you know the teens and the twenties was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I have I have a note basically commenting on how, oh, so when talkies started, they took opportunities away from women, and then of course my cynical side is, well, men didn't want to hear them speak. You mm-hmm. don't want to hear an uppity woman, do you? Well, that's when they go away. And that's, I I hate to, I mean, it's probably true. Like, it it
1: only takes uh, the part in the documentary where they talk about how uh, when the talkies came and they required a whole bunch of money to do the conversions and therefore linked the movie industry with the banking industry. Mm hmm. It only takes one man in a position of power to say that he doesn't want some uppity woman mm-hmm. speaking in his movies and suddenly <laughs> there's this domino effect mm-hmm. that infects the that affects the entire culture of our planet.
2: So there is a straight parallel between um the movie studios moving to sound stages, literally putting up walls. And the comics industry creating the direct market in the 70s, literally putting up walls because before comics were in drugstores, comics were everywhere, they were on newsstands, they were um, open source, if you will. Right. But the moment we started building comic stores, and I say this, I have one, so it's still, it's a good thing, you know, the comic store is really good. But in that specific uh, instance, we built walls. Mm-hmm. And we created buildings for comics and suddenly you had to pass the test if you were going to come in. You had to have a penis if you were going to come in. You know, you couldn't just go to a newsstand and get, you know, your, your newspaper and, you know, a Superman comic. It was... Um, that suddenly industry. you were
1: a specific destination. You exactly. were a boutique
2: store. Yeah, and that's, it, it's good. It works for a lot of industries and it works now because we're fighting against it. But yeah, like it just felt like men were creating their own clubhouses, mm-hmm. so of sound stages, and basically saying, "Well, no, we don't want women directors. You're just so I don't know moody or whatever." Um, and now we're g- we're not going to give you money. And they still they still don't do that. They still um, women women led films are still underfunded vastly. So that has never changed. Um, and actually women love businesses like you have to have special loans for the for like women because they just don't give money freely at banks. Anyway, banks are again another whole episode, which is not this this podcast. It's fine. I have many notes about banks. I am not going to do that. <laughs> oh,
1: we could tangent like you don't know.
2: I know. I know. But, well, it like, kind of blew my mind because I was mm-hmm. like, that's what. That's what comics did too. We shut it out. You know, we created buildings and we created walls. And that's what they did with the sound stages. That's what they did with comic stores. And men are generally, because I'm going to exaggerate here. So, you know, totally take, it, take me at my word, whatever. They generally want to create their own spaces and say, no, no, you don't come in here. And then when we try, it's like that much harder to get into it.
4: Erin or Anita, do you have um,
1: I was any- I was waiting for Erin. I thought it was her turn.
4: Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I don't... Like, this affects... I just remember my mom even telling a story. Uh, even something like farming, <laughs> which is, you know, traditionally... The woman might be on the farm. She's taking care of the kids and, you know, getting supper and everything. But my mom went in for a part one time for... I can't remember what... And they wouldn't, the guy the guy at the part store wouldn't even serve her. <laughs> like, there was a lineup of guys, and she, he just ignored her until one of our other neighbors was like, hey, like, I think she had to threaten someone to take them to the Human Rights Commission at one point. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't deal with her. Yeah. Like, and yeah, my dad, my dad. It was a partnership, right? Like they were. Yeah, she was. She was a stay-at-home mom, but she also helped run the farm, and she had her money in it too. But yeah, you like it's it's kind of everything. It's yeah. it's kind mm-hmm. of unescapable. I mean, certainly art, but mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Well, and that's the thing about art is it reflects the rest of life, right? Yeah, and and that's that's why representation is so important <laughs> because it, <laughs> yes, needs exactly. to re- it needs to reflect the, the parts of life that we don't get to see very often.
1: There's a reason it's called arts and culture mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those two things are so closely related. So if all of your art comes from one source, from one perspective, then that affects your culture, yeah. right? And that's, And that's just how people live so to to display only like what is it like a third of your culture a third of your population Mm -hmm. when you're when your actual population is so much more vast and so much more diverse to only tell one corner of everyone's stories it's it's erasure and it's wrong and it's harmful to everybody Mm-hmm. Even that little corner that gets their stories mm-hmm. told, right?
2: Yeah, because a lot my, of people grow up not realizing that that other the, the other three corners exist. And yes, so exactly. When they, and they approach other cultures with fear instead of curiosity and wonderment. Yeah, um,
1: natural human reaction is to fear the unknown. So if you erase yeah. part of your culture, then they're unknown and then people are afraid and then it just spirals into horrible, right? Yeah. It just keeps going. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Uh, in my day job, uh, I work in a in an industry that is not oil and gas, but oil and gas adjacent, which is very male dominated. I deal with a lot of engineers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not even. I'm I I can't even. I will just go into a horrible impotent rage. It's it's terrible. Um, and in my night job. Uh, I work in theater on occasion. That's actually how I know Glenna, is that we have worked in theater together. And I don't think theater is quite as bad as the movies, but it's still not great. Because if you look historically, most playwrights are male. Mm -hmm. And at least in our corner of the world, most of them are white. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, I have worked with lady directors. Yes, I have had entire lady crews, but the the deeper you go into it, the whiter and mailer and older it gets. Yeah. And so these are the stories that we're portraying. Yeah. Right? Like if women aren't allowed to even present anything,
3: well, how are we supposed to know? Mm-hmm. It's a never-ending cycle. And to tag onto that, I can't count the number of plays that I've worked on that were written in the mid-20th century by men about men. Mm, Right? Everyone wants to do the classic musicals. Yep. And they're like, oh, it's a little sexist, but that's okay. That was the time. And I'm like, you know what's not the time? Now. (laughs) Correct.
4: Yes, yes.
3: You know, we, there are so many creative people out there who have so many things to share, and um, I think theater. I think part of the reason theater is maybe uh, a little farther ahead than movies is because it is not as expensive. True. Um, yeah. So, so you can you know and not as wide reaching. Thing. Yeah, that too. That too. Theater
1: is a very local thing. To you have to be at the live performance to get the story. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a film. Yeah. Film you can send everywhere.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. theater and stand up and it seems like more of a labor of love like you're you're doing it because you love it you're not making millions of dollars you just you love it and it makes you you get happy. to make millions
1: of dollars if you can make it to the very 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 top yeah and, you and that's you about it
2: you next yeah.
1: yeah the rest of us below that we we <laughs> do it for passion like I said I have a day job and the occasional night job
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: It, it is funny that you bring up stand up. Oh boy! <laughs> Speaking Ooh. of uh, things we could have an episode about, I've, uh, I've
4: heard stories. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. Um, just what? Because one of the parts of the the film that really struck me was when Gina Davis started talking about kids' media and mm-hmm. what children were seeing. And I, I wanted to know what uh what everyone's experience growing up was and their relationship with media and like seeing women uh in in those or not seeing women in those programs.
1: I always wondered why there was only one girl Smurf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm old enough to know <laughs> Smurfs. <laughs> and I didn't have a I didn't have the experience or the language for it at the time. But why was there only one girl? It's it's tokenism. It's absolutely tokenism and she is absolutely built around the male gaze. She's pretty, she's blonde, she was made by magic. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing heels. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's that's something that I never really noticed until it was pointed out to me because it was so common, Mm -hmm. the token girl. Yeah, Even nowadays in modern cartoons, where everyone's like, oh no, it's better now. There's cartoons for girls. But if you look at the cartoons that are just aimed at children in Mm -hmm. general, right? Not specifically boy, not specifically girl. They're still very, very male centric.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's still the formula of a team with yeah, one girl. With just Maybe one two girl if they yeah. There's some I mean I I'm trying to think of it cuz there's some like my daughter loves Peppa. Um
1: Peppa's actually a really good example cuz there are lots of girls and boys in Peppa.
4: Yeah. And it's it's pretty it doesn't seem f- focused on uh, it feels like little boys could like Peppa. I'm not I'm sure. Not my sure my son likes Peppa Pig? Yeah.
1: Both of um, my kids like Peppa Pig.
4: It's just kids going to school and having kid experiences. It's not princesses, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: But you look at something as, as really popular as uh, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is actually aimed at all children. But there is one girl.
4: Paw Patrol that, is what I was thinking. So, on that yeah. <laughs> On that puppy team.
1: There was one female dog on that puppy team.
4: Yeah, it follows the formula.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they bring in a couple more.
4: There's some lady
1: characters. The mayor of the town is a black woman. So, yeah, great, but
3: you could have so many more. Yeah, yeah. And again, that, it feels like tokenism. Part of the reason that I was so struck by that is I remember, like, I had a very similar feeling growing up um, to you, Anita, as, like, why is there only one girl? But it was always the same kind of girl. Um, especially in the types of cartoons I would watch is like okay there's the girl and she plays sports and she hangs out with the boys and she doesn't like dresses and she's really tough and if there is a feminine girl who likes pink and shopping she is mean and she is rejected so I, I was taught any louder I yeah <laughs> I was taught from such a young age that feminine femininity was wrong and bad and mean And I had to unlearn that as I grew up.
1: And that's a hard one to unlearn when you've been learning it your entire life.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So everything (laughs) sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I just. (laughs) (laughs) There's this box of femininity that uh, if you fit inside this teeny tiny box of what the male gaze thinks feminine is, and it's usually like on that day in that minute then you're okay you're golden Mm -hmm. but yeah you're you're right because there's the i'm not like other girls girl which was also bad because if you have two female characters especially in um youth media they hate each other and girls were raised uh, societally raised to be competitive you know oh uh girls don't like each other girls fight all the time uh you can't trust her she's a bee you know like and this, this leads into like high school movies and all that. So you you mm-hmm. grow up being convinced that you should just hate all these other women when really what it's doing is it's siloing all of us so we don't connect and understand each other and therefore be stronger as a community. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're all learning this in like our 30s and 40s, decades later going, wait a second, I like you and I respect you. We should do this together. We should try to topple the patriarchy together, (laughs) right?
1: Well, and then it doesn't help that yes, women are pitted against other women in this weird competition for something we don't want anyway. And (laughs) then on top of that, uh, the men are sold. Cat fights are sexy.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it's all for that.
0: Yeah. It's not even I hate our own agency.
2: It. Like I can't even hate you for my reasoning. <laughs> I have to hate it for Chad's reasoning because he thinks we're hot if we're like in a jello tub or something. Like <laughs> it's Chad. it's not even we're not even allowed to have agency when we are we are directing our feelings at other women.
1: Yeah. I don't like hating other women.
2: Mm-mm. I don't even
1: I, I prefer to love my other women.
2: Women are great. <laughs> <laughs> women are great this is like this society kind of sucks for women and the fact that we gang together group together you know rally together in spite of that is amazing because men don't have to do that like uh toxic masculinity is a again another subject but generally they're good with their their groups or gangs or boys you know, they're, they're, they're bro hoedowns or whatever. Women are all separated and that is on purpose. It is so we don't talk to each other. We don't know what's going on. We don't know that we all feel like this because they want us to feel alone. They want us to feel separated. It's, it's a power play and it's society's power play. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's been going on for generations. Mm -hmm. And when something is that ingrained, it's really, really hard to break. So it's going to take us generations to get out of it. But Mm -hmm. God help me, I'm gonna try. I have a daughter. She is very young. And I'm going to do my best to teach her that she has a voice and that she has value. And it doesn't matter what any man ever thinks of her. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm snapping. But it's really thank you. But it's really really hard when all of the media, like even if it changed today, mm-hmm. right? Even if it changed on a dime, there is still decades of past media available mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. That is damaging.
4: Well, and you can't you can control what you bring into your house. Yes, but as soon as the kids go to day homes or yes day, or elementary school, you don't know, you don't know what influence they have. Like other kids might not be getting that, or you know, you you can't. Or they start watching. You know, their friends are watching a show that you were like, mm, I <laughs> okay, not crazy about that. But you can be, yeah, like I I try and be like liberal hippie mom at home, but I, when she gets out, I don't know, I can't, I, and I don't want to control her because that's weird too, but y- you, know, you, you kind of have to walk that line of, yeah, like I, I can't control what you're watching, but let's talk about this because, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is horrible and wrong. Yeah. I am a big fan of old movies. I really love old musicals and it's, it's hard to watch them sometimes because sometimes they're really bad, like, like oh it's oh it's really bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who? <Whew. laughs> all right. Well, why don't we uh, focus a little bit more on the documentary itself? Um, yeah. <laughs> I know we've we had a uh, big preamble, sort of, you know, talking about our own experiences, which I think is important. I think it gives context.
1: Honestly, um, they're going to be scattered all the way through. As soon as we talk about something relevant to anything in anyone's life.
3: Oh, absolutely. So, it's absolutely. All good. Um, yeah, so the film covered a lot of topics uh in regards to gender parity. Uh we talked about actors, we talked about writers, we talked about directors, um and and talked about the history of filmmaking. We we mentioned that uh, we were talking about silent movies earlier um and how there were way more women in the industry that then got pushed out when talkies were introduced. Um and the 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 film also talked about a specific legal action that uh women in Hollywood have tried to take in order to Are you talking
1: about the original six?
3: There's the original six and then there's uh the one that happened in was it twenty fifteen? Uh
1: yes. Yep. Fifteen?
2: Seventeen? Fifteen. I watched it last night, so it's fresh. Mm No,
1: there you go. I had to watch it in chunks. Uh, recently <laughs> yeah. to refresh myself because mom reasons yeah fair. <laughs> the the part about the directors guild and mm-hmm. and the original six was really fascinating to me because these women were basically doing the same thing that Gina Davis had done when she started her study on children's media. They went through and like did it the long way because they had to uh manually looking at all of the numbers and saying, look, like here is the discrimination. We mm-hmm. can see it. Right. Here are all, all the comparisons. And they got, and they got a woman judge to judge it. And they were like, Oh sweet. So someone who will like probably be on our side, she'll understand what we're trying to do. And then to have that judge throw it out. Mm-hmm. And, and they talked about how, how much of a blow that was. Mm-hmm. And I can't help, but wonder if, if that if that judge was being pressured mm-hmm. from outside like this is strictly my speculation i don't know but i can only imagine how hard it is for a woman to make judge it's mm-hmm. a really in difficult 19, thing to 5, do in 80s, the legal profession uh, and yeah. i can't help but wonder if there wasn't a higher authority being like don't do this yeah like this is the end of your career because sometimes it is just that blatant.
2: Absolutely, no. It's it's uh, it happens in all industries. You know, we we often lament in the comics industry how many women we've lost uh, the talent pool in the talent pool um, compared to who's still around. Like, because there's some phenomenal creators, of course. Um, but much like this, she might have been the Smurfette. You know, she's the right. last one. She's the target. It might have been terrifying for her um she might have lost her job or been uh, blackballed basically yeah yeah uh, exactly yeah like i i can't imagine what it was like for her i understand like and I'm, I'm glad they didn't like target her too much in the documentary of like you know we were sad that it happened but we like we don't blame her because well, like, no, there
1: wouldn't have been much of a point because that's <laughs> no. not Really what the documentary was trying to say, right
2: no, and i'm I'm glad they stayed away from that because it some documentaries can kind of be um overreactive mm-hmm.
3: yeah,
1: that's fair.
2: Mm-hmm. I did think it was interesting that
3: the reasoning that was given the official reasoning was given, that was given was the the director's guild is not following the practices it's ax- it's asking for, and therefore this suit has no water. yeah which is such an interesting <laughs>
1: like she way had got it she had valid grounds mm-hmm. but and maybe it was the way it was presented it, it did feel like a bit of a stretch mm-hmm. right or it's entirely possible that she looked at it and saw the holes in it and was and this was her way of encouraging those women to be like, no you need you need a stronger argument like this needs to be watertight. Or it's all gonna fall apart. But there's only so much fight left in someone, right? I yeah. They really did the best that they could do with what they had at the time.
4: Court mm-hmm. cases are exhausting and yes. expensive. And they didn't have Google algorithms in mm-hmm. back in the day to help them get the exact numbers. So
1: I thought that part was fascinating. It was
4: really interesting, yeah. When
1: they went to when she went to Google and they were analyzing all of these movies so rapidly to get the data for her and I was like this is amazing
3: (laughs) that is what AI is for Just yes (laughs)
1: that was super cool (laughs)
3: Uh, but that's a whole other episode we're just making lists (laughs) of episodes
4: you you guys have six episodes now (laughs) (laughs) so many shortcuts (laughs) so many
2: no, I, I did think that was phenomenal. Um, that segment where they start to talk about, well, this this will change everything. It'll be fine from now on. Sexism is over because of Thelma and Louise, because of Mad Max Fury Road, because of Wonder Woman, because of, and like it never is. No, it, I wish it, it worked that way. I really it, do. It's just forward in the most painful and slow way. Um, it's it's like watching the movie Hairspray and be like, well, we solved racism, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we did it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're so far away from where we need to be, but it's it's been like that our entire lives, and I don't think like our generation knows how to push it forward more. Mm-hmm. Um, because... No. Like, like I said before,
1: it's mm-hmm. it's taken generations to get this bad. Yep. We're yep. not gonna be able to turn it around all at once. Yeah. You no. can't change people's minds that quickly.
2: No, It'd be nice, but uh, it would no. be. Just but it's gonna be for all everybody. Snap of the finger. I know, right? <laughs> no gender parity for all. Snap. <laughs> Technically, my company is Gender Parity. Technically. It is. I have one part-timer. <laughs> she is a lady. Um, So, yeah. It's cool. 90% of the store, though, is me and two guys. But, like... I treasure them. <laughs> they're great. They're amazing at their jobs, and they're amazing humans. So, like... I'm sorry. Erin, you were going to say something?
4: <laughs> oh, I was just wondering... It would be interesting to see something like what... Because I was... I, I actually just went and checked out uh who I follow on YouTube. It would be interesting to have a follow up to see like who's making money on YouTube, who's mm. making oh. cuz mm-hmm. there's a lot of money in that too. Yep. I know I follow a ton of women, but I yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how it equals out because you're you're a creator yourself, you're not always in a network, you're not, yeah. I don't know.
3: And that one is so so different because the money comes after
4: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
3: right and the algorithm is so um instrumental in determining who sees your stuff yeah uh oh (laughs) sorry go
0: ahead uh just in regards to to youtube also hello everyone producer liam here um (laughs) i was thinking a lot about uh, internet media while watching this as well and i think the thing i found most profound was They were talking about how, you know, by showing these stories from male's perspectives for all those years feeds back into the culture. We now have a self-regulating system where even though the Internet should be the Wild West, where literally anyone with a microphone and a camera can create content, they are still regulated by the whims of men. Yeah. by the way women are hassled off the internet
2: mm-hmm. um
0: that's why Lindsay ellis doesn't make movies anymore so now the gatekeepers aren't producers and network or networks who can either step up or uh claim you know uh, uh whatever it is when you shrug your shoulders and go uh, um, whatever <laughs> whatever it might be um we've now built it into society where like regular people gatekeep and so that mm-hmm. yeah i just i want to that's the thing that, that struck me the most uh, when I was thinking about the long-term effects of that was, yeah, um, it's not any better on the internet, even though there's literally no reason it shouldn't be, because yeah. anyone can use the internet.
1: Well, entertainment on the internet is basically an offshoot of Hollywood,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So we're corrupt at the source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about FX. Oh yes! Oh my God! Yes, I want to talk about that because that part was amazing. I was so, I was so down watching this because it's it's hard to watch something. It's hard to be presented with something that you've that's been in plain sight the whole time and you don't always see. Mm-hmm. Like so much of this gender disparity was right in front of me and it had never been pointed out. So when that one journalist put together all those stats and put it out there, be like, look, FX, you're the worst. You hire, you are like all white men. And the guy at the top was like, we are what? (laughs) Oh no.
4: (laughs) And the fact
1: that he did something about it was Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And the part of it that stands out to me, uh, was that the quality of their content suddenly increased. And inside my head, I was like, well, yeah, because no offense, but white men are a tapped market. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You've got you've got your cream of the crop that tell their amazing stories. Great. But if all you get is white men, then the quality of your content is going to disparage because you've tapped that market. Mm -hmm. Right? You've plucked out your geniuses and now what you're left with is mediocrity. But when you tap into a different market... (gasps) (laughs) Oh no! Fresh ideas! (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) And I can't believe it took this long for someone to realize that a different perspective brings out fresh stories, brings
3: out amazing ideas. Mm -hmm. And new audiences right which yeah. from a very Absolutely. cynical point of view is more money if we're gonna <laughs> yeah look at it look that way. if we're
1: gonna play their game, let's explain how wonderful it is to make money from people who've never given you their money before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't remember where it was in the film, but basically it's it was um one of those tags uh you know, like women's success successfully, women-led films or women-centered films were considered a fluke.
1: Yeah. Um, and that even though it is, happened over and over and oh, over yeah, again. Over and
2: over. Yeah, and it's a constant in in movies if uh, you know there was um you know if a woman makes a movie they're like, "Wow, I'm I'm just shocked. I'm shocked it made a billion dollars." And everyone's like, "You what? <laughs> were we watching <laughs> it, the same movie? Cuz this movie's amazing. It should have made a billion dollars." And then and then there were um of course a couple stories from the directors and I think one of one of the women actually like I think even they was like nominated for an Oscar or won an Oscar and then didn't work for like 10 years yeah and right I mean, she won an Oscar what are you doing you idiots throw that money was, at her
4: that was the part it was one of the original the ori- the directors that was in the original lawsuit they were all award-winning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they had. They were shadowing the men. Oh, that's. We'll, well, yeah. We'll just get you to shadow the men, and then you'll figure it out, and then you'll get. They have. What they other proof acad- do you need? Have they <laughs> won <laughs> Academy Awards? You're eating. Yeah, yeah. an know, entire shelf of
1: awards the- amongst them. Yeah, and they're like, no, no. Let the men show you how to do it. Shut up! I
2: know how to do it. <laughs> and not only that, <laughs> the proof, getting the award, getting the award is the har- is a hard part too. So once yeah. you've uh, once you've crested that mountain, because of course they're not going to make it easy. Oh, I have an Oscar, but my Oscar is worth less than his Oscar? What is yeah. that? Yeah. It's just, it's so aggravating because when you finally get some recognition in your industry and people are like, yeah, but I mean, you? it doesn't really count because
1: you're a woman. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's really freaking annoying. <laughs> something that
3: that i was struck with uh while i was watching this is i kept and uh to be fair this came out uh before she really uh came on the scene but i was thinking about greta gerwig Mm, yep yes um i was thinking about lady bird i was thinking about little women i was uh thinking in anticipation of barbie i'm so excited (laughs) for barbie (laughs) um but it's it's just really interesting because I feel like she is the only female director I can name.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, huh. I just yeah. drew a blank. That's right? good. That's good, right? That like, there were
3: the women in this in this documentary that I yeah. now know the names of, but but mm-hmm. the only it's like oh, think of a women director, like Greta Gerwig. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: And, yeah. I just, I, oh, and then that's
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Well again, if you don't let them come to the
2: table. Oh, what about uh, Sophia Coppola? Except what has she done lately though? Like I don't want to I don't wanna be like, what have you done for me lately kind of thing? Like I, I don't know. I have mm-hmm. not seen things in a while, but that's that's who comes to mind for me. I mm-hmm. think the
4: last she did that movie with uh oh my god, I can't remember the name. This isn't helpful. The girl from Harry Potter. It was like a bunch of rich rich kids or something they stole oh, and they, they were thieves stole, right yeah
2: i did see that like two years ago and i don't remember it's, the name yeah
4: it's
3: sorry really i'm good. drawing a
2: blank but
3: i guess elizabeth uh, banks elizabeth
2: i don't, banks don't like that, that she's really an example <laughs> ah, no, she's, a, she's actually really good like she's she's kind of a multifaceted uh mm-hmm. performer you know she writes she directs like i i love her yeah they
4: showed a picture of Ava DuVernay, but they didn't interview mm-hmm. her, but I know I appreciate her cuz I've seen interviews with her like when she was yeah. I never watched Queen Sugar, but she made sure um that there was she tried to have director parody on her show. So a lot of the TV shows that she was doing had to have women directors or a certain amount of women directors and I really appreciated that from her. Um she would know as I mean she's a black woman, she would know she would know how hard it is more than anyone. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. One thing that I thought was a very was a
3: missed opportunity is they didn't talk about trans women. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Lana and Lily Wachowski are right there.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah they, this was out in was out, 2018. What, in when did the When did the Wachowski sisters come out?
3: Well, Lana came out in like early 2000s. Yeah, Lily. Okay. Not of
4: Yeah.
3: Yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Lily was out when I was in university. <laughs> Writing about oh, The really? Matrix because I remember <laughs> looking up her stats and I was like, oh, that's new. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Um, but, like, looking at the type of clout they had before their transitions as directors and what has happened mm-hmm. since for them in career, like, you don't hear about them anymore.
1: No, because trans women are even more discriminated against. Mm
3: hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that is a whole that's a whole nother separate podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Where we could rant and rave for a little while. Um yeah. there's a really fascinating channel. I'm gonna tangent for just a second about this. It's a fascinating channel on YouTube that I really, really love, uh run by a trans woman. It's called Philosophy Tube. Mm. Yes. I love her so, so, so much. And uh one of the ideas that she put forth in a recent episode I watched is the reason that trans women specifically are so hated against, is because it is very threatening to uh, a certain type of cis het man to have that that privilege, and purposely mm-hmm. walk away from it. Yeah, to purposely give it up because because femininity is seen as less than, and to desire that. Over masculinity is just wrong somehow. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's 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 everywhere, and it's horrible. Oh,
1: it is. It's so deeply ingrained that even even people who are are trying to be aware of it and trying to be better, men and women, it still slips in, mm-hmm. and you can't help it. And sometimes you don't see it. Uh, I had uh, a story, a story from my life now. Uh, I was playing Jackbox games with some friends. This was several years ago now. And uh, one of the silly questions in the game was, what would you do if your invisible friend from your childhood showed up and they were a police officer and they followed you around forever? And it, it wasn't worded quite like that, but that was the basis of it. And the question was, would you kill them or not? And being the only, being the only woman in the room, I was like, yeah, yeah, I would. And all of my male friends, including my husband, who, who I love very much and is not at all one of those toxic males, they were like, why? It's a perfectly good job. It's your invisible friend. No. And it didn't hit me until much later, the, the unrecognized male privilege of that room Mm-hmm. going like you have no idea what it's like to be a woman afraid of being stalked now by someone in a position of authority imaginary or not
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and, and can follow you literally anywhere
2: because <clears throat> yeah
1: and i couldn't even process it right away i mm-hmm. was just kind
3: of upset and i didn't know why i do want to say for the benefit of people listening we all made a face <laughs> we all made a <laughs> face of abject terror
2: <laughs> because yeah. women know yeah yeah, no, like I I have held off watching The Invisible Man because I think it's going to be incredibly triggering. Yeah, it, quite possibly. Just watching the trailer, like I love Elizabeth Moss. I think she can do no wrong. She probably has, but whatever. Just mm-hmm. milkshake duck her later when I'm you know not listening. <laughs> um, but like I don't think I can fit like physically, mentally handle that kind of movie, mm-hmm. and I don't have uh, a background where I'm worried about stuff like that, and a lot of women do. A lot of trans women do as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I just the you know this this question just takes me right to that movie where I'm thinking I really want to support her and I want to get into kind of more uh, like horror films and all that. I cannot go down that road. I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, and that's perfectly fair. Mm-hmm. So
3: one thing that I think was uh, interesting is that the end. Of the film two things they talked about two things they talked about the election of Donald Trump and what that did to the cultural Ew. zeitgeist <laughs> <laughs> they also framed it as a very weird positive uh, of like yeah. they're like it pushed everyone over the edge and women came together and, and we're fighting back and I'm like good but also um, <laughs> we are
4: from the future uh, we are here to report
2: that did not happen mm-hmm. it got worse
4: yeah. And women helped white women. Sorry. Helped, yeah. yeah. Wh- white yeah. cis women. So yeah. get them into power to begin with.
1: Yeah. yeah. Again, it's that it's that ingrained misogyny. It's that internalized misogyny.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's that is a very specific level of privilege yep. mm-hmm. that those white women had have, oh, yeah. I should say,
2: have. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've lost it. You know, it actually kind of reminds me uh, of the the Joss Whedon way of treating women. You Mm. bend them until they break. And only then can they be stronger. But you have to break them first. And that's the way you were describing that, Glenda. That's the way the movie ended. It's, Mm -hmm. oh, well, it got so much worse. But you know what? We're going to rally. We're going to get through this. We're going to wear our pussy hats. And everything's going to be fine. Um, No, it won't. Because sometimes trauma happens. And people die. And, like, things get so much worse. And you know what? We're waiting for it to get better, and that's great. We're rallying for it to get better, and that's great. But, like, it's not just going to be like, okay, guys. Folks. Not guys. (laughs) Okay, folks. It's, like, really bad right now. Um, We're all in a hellscape. But you know what? This is just going to bring us all closer together. It's going to be fine. No. No. That's not the way the world works as much fun as that would be to just I'm going to say it
1: over and over and over again baby
2: steps. I know. That is
1: that is my grip of hope.
2: Baby steps. I support that, but yeah, like the way the movie ended was like it's going to be okay. We we elected the garbage human piece of garbage I'm not sure if we can swear on this podcast, probably, but I've been trying to be very good about it. I'm I'm a big swearer. Uh, I'm a press master, So so um, it's just it's just that's not what you do. If you want things to be better, you don't elect someone who touches women without their consent. You don't elect someone who um, sees. Um, certain people as lesser you know you elect someone who's going to help all of us that's the the goal of you know that's the idea of government that's what we all want government to be is is the the best of us and it's not so I love you know I really I did enjoy that movie um my my first note that I wrote down was this all makes me very mad and that was about 15 (laughs) minutes into the movie and I'm amazed I got that long before writing that down um (laughs)
1: Oh, so much of this documentary made me very mad, which is why I wanted to bring us together to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's because good. Because women women need to create. And if we need to take over a man's platform to do it, then we will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we have many times. Mm-hmm. definitely. And we will continue to do so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm just kind of buzzing because... Uh, um, for the listeners, Alberta just recently had their own election. So mm-hmm. we're kind of vibrating off those horror vibes of things are really bad right now, kids. But you know what? You know what is looking up? It's going to be better. We're just going to rally and no baby steps. Ground baby steps. It's, you know, you got to change from the We're very up.
1: slowly going to wait for the previous generation of hate to die out. Mm hmm so that we can replace it with another generation that has more love to it and then the generation behind that will have even more love to it and the best i can do is teach teach my children not to hate
4: yeah
1: teach yep. my children that my son and my daughter <laughs> that yeah. women are fine <laughs> <laughs> that they are not lower class citizens
4: I mean, they mentioned that, like, that it is important for men. It is important Mm -hmm. for our sons to know that being feminine is nice. It's good. It's good. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. You, I mean, who knows who you'll be in the future, but it's okay. It's okay to to have feminine aspects or it doesn't make you less manly.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It, you know like this is It's killing our It is killing men It's killing
2: yeah. It's killing
4: It's poison Oh this is a
1: conversation I've had with people Many many times over That toxic masculinity Is toxic to everyone yeah. Yes
2: And feminism It hurts is men Just everyone. as
1: much as it hurts women It hurts everybody
2: Yeah mm-hmm. absolutely I don't care
1: what your genitals look like It's bad for you
2: Yeah No it's 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 not a math equation if you mm-hmm. put on nail polish, you don't have to subtract man points. No. That's not how that works.
1: Oh, also, I would have subtracted so many polish. man points. Everyone
2: looks good at <laughs> nail polish. It's fun. It's shiny. I think yeah, everyone should yeah. wear it.
4: I don't you're, know. You're, Do you want allowed
2: it
4: to to, you're allowed to like colors of whatever. Uh, any color yes. you want.
2: <laughs> and you're allowed to like rainbows. My gosh. Sure, why not? People, people in there are being terrified of rainbows. Like... Deal with it. Look in the sky after it's rained; it's gorgeous. It's you nice. know, whether you think it's God or or weather, that's fine. But it's like, actually science. It's, it's science, yeah. It's weather. Yeah, but yes, God or science, it's still beautiful, and no yeah. one owns it. You know, like it's
1: yeah. just it's the just there. It
2: represents something, but also just enjoy it. Let people enjoy things.
1: I think we should talk a little bit about the Bechtel test.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Cause there was that whole lovely bit about that one theater art house who was who created like a Bechtel test approved stamp for their movie posters. And I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know the Bechtel test isn't perfect. It came it's this little thing that came from a comic strip and it wasn't thought up by like a researcher or anything. But it's a perfectly valid test,
2: yeah. and so many movies fail such a simple little test.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think the fact that it is that easy to fail is actually more questionable. You know, than if it was it's this. Sad. You know, this is an eighteen point quiz that you need to pass to be a feminist. No, it's actually really easy to pass. And the have two f-
1: named female characters in your movie. <laughs> yes, have them talk to each other about uh-huh. something that isn't a man. Yep.
3: And if they talk about nail polish,
4: you've passed. Ameri- yeah, American yeah. Muscle. That's
3: yeah, pinnacle of feminism. American <laughs> <muscle>. <laughs> Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> like I said, they even pointed out in the movie it's not a perfect test,
2: but so many movies fail it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. It- yeah. Some it's of the bare my minimum. Favorite, some of my favorite moments are discovering which movie's pass mm-hmm. and how because it's hilarious.
3: Yeah, sometimes it's, it's wild.
2: It's pathetic. <laughs> it is. It's pathetic that we have to do this to not only pass this very simple thing. It's like wake up in the morning, start breathing. Okay, you're a human. Good job. But some of us don't wake up. <laughs> and I don't understand. Like you can't wake up. It's not hard. Yeah, <laughs> have women talk a, to each other
3: there's another test that has surfaced mm-hmm. um oh what is the first name is it mieko uh from pacific oh, rim
2: i forgot about that yeah uh oh, i don't
3: know this one tell me tell me tell me her last name is mori um and they were like hey everyone talks about the Bechtel test and i think that's really important but also I think Pacific Rim does something really interesting with this one character and it's named for her. And I know her last name is Maury and I can't remember her first name. um, About like having her own journey of self-actualization independent from the men in her life. Which I thought was interesting because it's a different way of like, ideally you have both of them. In my opinion, (laughs) I would like lots of named female characters and for them to have self-actualization journeys that are independent of the men in their life. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it shouldn't be one or the other. Uh, yes, but yeah, there it was. It was a a film reviewer for for Pacific Rim, uh, wrote uh, about this as a as another tool to analyze feminism in movies.
4: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard of that. Mm-hmm.
1: And see, this is what happens when you change your perspective and allow another one to be presented.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Fascinating new
2: stories can be told. And we all grow as humans, which is shockingly hard for a lot of people. They're very set in their ways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mm-hmm. Liam.
3: <laughs> I'm happy to keep talking about this film, but I, I get the sense that we're kind of wrapping up here. Is that fair?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of, I, yeah. I we've think, talked about lots and lots of things. So. We have talked
3: about lots and lots yeah. of things. I think it would be nice to talk about positive experiences that we've had with representation of women in film and media. Uh, To end things on an up note.
2: (laughs) 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 That's fair. Uh,
3: Because I think, at least in my own experience, there's been a lot, especially in the last five years after this movie was made, of female fronted stories that we've seen that have made big money, that have made mainstream, uh, caught mainstream attention. Yes. And some of them have impacted me deeply as as a viewer. Uh, and I would love to hear your experiences,
2: Okay. It's a little hokey, Um, but I'm okay because I work in comics. And sometimes comics just have to be comics. Um, mm-hmm. them ending the movie with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, Wonder Woman, and her walk into No Man's Land. I remember watching that, and my heart lifted because that was not the first time I've seen like a woman of power just, you know, say, You can't stop me. I'm going to go through this. I've got bulletproof wrist cuffs It's fine. Um, But seeing that moment and then after the fact, realizing uh, that Patty had to fight to keep that scene in the movie made it that much more meaningful to me because I was in the theater and I was like... (gasps) Wait, this is what men felt for the last 30, 40, 60, 80, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it feels like? This is amazing. Is that, is that what it feel like to be a hero? Mm-hmm. Because like, I, you know, we, we in the last, you know, five, 10 years, we've gotten our our hero moments that we've connected we've, with. We've gotten our, our Star Wars moments. Cause honestly, like the, the first Star Wars, again, um, for me, You know, everyone was complaining like, oh, it's like the same plot as the first Star Wars. And I was like, this is perfect for me because this is like, I can treat it like my first Star Wars (laughs) with Uh a lady. And I can be like, oh, I understand Star Wars now. I get it. You know, (laughs) like, I don't want to be like, like, you know, ditzy, ditzy girlfriend from a sitcom. Like, I don't understand Star Wars. But like, if I got what they felt in the theater in the 70s. I understood. I was talked to like men have been talked to in the theater for decades. Um, That Wonder Woman, Star Wars, uh, Ghostbusters 2016, which we have an episode on. Uh, That moment where Kay McKinnon is basically just bamfing it up and just like shooting ghosts and slow motion and i like everyone is just like she is so hot (laughs) and (laughs) she's so strong and i want to sleep with her and i want to be her and i want to what is happening to my loins right now like but i'm (laughs) so powerful Mm -hmm. i just it's moments like that that you have that moment where you can experience it, and then you're kind of in the theater, and you 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 go outside your body for a second. You're like, wait a second, wait a second. Men have had this forever. Where has <laughs> this been for me? Mm-hmm. What what? Why don't I get this all the time? See, this is an amazing baby steps. Game. You're finally getting movies that make you Ruff. feel like you want Ruff. to feel. I was a Ghostbuster for Halloween that year. That was super rad. I felt great. And Ghostbusters like Ghostbusters was guess, super rad. It was super rad. But like, Great. I get to live the dream like an eight-year-old boy in the like in the early 90s, I guess. Like, that's the goal. You know, you get to grow up and be a woman. And then I finally ascend to what an eight-year-old boy gets, you know, movies for. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> but I'm so jazzed about it. And I want more of that feeling, you know. Even, even though, yes, yes, I'm cynical like 99% of the time. But those two there's 1% of the time that I can be like, I am in this moment authentically. And I, you, you are just feeding me this message. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I will take it because we don't get that. Mm-hmm. I don't get to feel like a superhero. I work in a comic store. I don't get to feel like a superhero. I feel like a, like a, just a, moron most of the days because i'm just like i don't know how to do my job i've been doing it for eight years by the way uh <laughs> disagree i think you know how to do your job very well it's very easy to forget that you know how to do your job when you go online yeah. and talk to the men online because <laughs> mm-hmm. they are there's no filter there men online i don't think online no men filter. should count oh i know i know <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I got off topic, but um yes, absolutely. This this for me, I've I've actually spent my 30s kind of regrowing up. Uh I know what it's like to be a hero because I've had that experience in the theater of a of a movie going. I see you. You are flipping awesome and you can kick ass and you're amazing. <laughs>
1: I want to take a quick moment. Even though it was a movie directed by a male, it was presented from a female point of view, and I don't feel like the women were misrepresented. I want to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes.
2: Yes! Okay.
1: Here's the weird dichotomy of, of what happened that year for me in movies. Two movies came out that... Uh, really impacted me. One of them was RRR, and if you haven't seen it, it is worth every minute of those three hours. It is it is the most movie that has ever movieed, and I know it stars <laughs> two men. But I, I I for I I begin with this to tell you this is the most movie that has ever movieed. This movie does nothing to an eleven, and it has everything in it that I've ever loved about movies ever. <laughs> that being said, everything everywhere all at once changed my life. It changed how I look at things. The mother-daughter relationship in that movie is so wonderful. The the arc that they go through to find each other is astounding. And and uh e- even Michelle Yeoh by herself, her character arc the, the self-discovery that she goes through about how amazing she could be, how powerful this one woman could be that she holds over arguably the most powerful being in all of the universes because she is a la- actually a loving mother even though she's learning how to show it. It, I I have no words anymore. It was
3: so amazing. That's one that made me cry. Oh. Oh, I cry I ugly cried in the theater on that one. What a stupid phrase. I ugly phrase. cry ugly at lots cried. of things
2: now. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, uh I authentically cried. Authentically
3: cried. I like that. It's a that's a better way of thinking about it.
2: <laughs> I think more people should do that in theaters. It's mm-hmm. dark in there. No one cares about what you're doing. No, Honestly, I, to I used to be shy about crying
1: in movies. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere in my life, a a switch flipped and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I have feelings. I'm going to feel these feelings. I'm going to feel these feelings out loud and I'm going to need
2: Kleenex to do it. Darn right. I do. I I don't care. I do like when that switch flipped of, oh, no one cares about your stuff because they are caring about their stuff. They don't, they're not paying attention to me. And if they do, it's, their problem, <laughs> it's <literally a> problem. <laughs> like if I'm crying in the theater and you're like wow oh that sounds like a you problem it's doesn't it, it. yes <laughs> and I'm like you know what I authentically cried and you're gonna go home and you're gonna authentically cry when you realize how heartbroken you are at this feeling so I'm gonna have my emotions here and probably at home too but you're gonna have your emotions privately because you've been trained that women should hide their emotions Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're not going to do it. Because
1: we're angry. No, swallowing <laughs> your emotions give you cancer. That shit's bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Let and it out. Yeah, exactly.
4: Erin? I was trying to think of... Weirdly, <laughs> it's not new. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about Golden Girls because I was kind of raised with it. Like, it's... You know, I had I had two channels. We were on the farm. So you got home from school and you watched Golden Girls. Um we were talking about that show just the other day. Yeah, it's it sticks with me because I think it's I don't it feels important in 2023 to have a show about people taking care of each other. I was laughing mm-hmm. with some other friends about uh, how I want to start like a a type of collectivism based on Golden Girls, <laughs> but it's just like yeah. It, I mean, it was at the time they always talked about oh it's older women you don't see that and they they all live together and they they sleep around and who but. Like they they shared everything and they took care of each other. And that I think about that a lot (laughs) lately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives me hope that, you know, I mean, that was back in the day. It's what a 40 year old show now, practically. But yeah, yeah, I think there's still a good message there. And that, uh, yeah, that's weirdly giving me some hope. (laughs) Honestly,
1: Golden Girls was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though it was appreciated in its time, right? Like it still, it would still hold up. I think today. Yeah.
4: I haven't yeah. seen it in a long time, so I don't. It's probably not perfect. There's probably oh no, a lot it's of definitely not there perfect. you are like oh oh lord, but you know, like the message itself mm-hmm. is is something maybe we should think about
2: more. Well, I think it was a big thing in the last couple of years that Gen Z was really getting into Golden Girls. Yeah, I think I that's a whole so. thing. So it's like obviously there's still lessons to learn from there and things that can parallel to today's world. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff that just hasn't changed in 40 years.
4: We uh, found which,
2: a, mm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, we <laughs> I was just going to be uh, like, which there should. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> there was a, I, f- I found just as a joke, there's, I found, we were going through board books in the library and I found a golden girls book, board book, and <gasps> brought it home. It's a, it's for me. My yeah. daughter doesn't care about Golden Girls, but I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Awesome. <laughs> you heard my gasp of delight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's out there. The <gasps> EPL has it. Awesome. Yeah.
3: For me, it's really been in uh cartoons lately. Uh mm-hmm. for like that Y7, Y13 age. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of uh, <clears throat> like there's lots of really great ones, but I'm thinking specifically of Shira, the Shira yeah, remake, Oh, the Princesses of Power. Yes, and yes. and the Owl House are are two. Now, to be fair, or er, Shira, uh, Shira's showrunner hadn't transitioned yet, um, but he is he is a trans man. Um, that. That's fine. It's still an absolutely <laughs> wonderful uh, exploration of of female friendships and the power and struggle and supporting each other and going through journeys and being th- th- having big swords, being a, a little lesbian or a big lesbian. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's just so so good. And then the owl house is is uh, a woman showrunner. And it's about a young woman of color who turns out to be bisexual, who gets a girlfriend and learns to be a witch from an older woman. And it's just, it's about found family and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm going
1: to take another little tangent real quick. Mm-hmm. I am old enough to remember the original run of My Little Pony. Mm-hmm which was very uh, twee is the only word that's coming to my head. It was very shallow. It was very vapid. It was very nothing. There was not a lot of substance to it. Mm-hmm. It was flowery girly things for girls. Eh, like the, the conflicts weren't really real. They were, uh, it was all very flighty and terrible. And then it got this reboot with friendship is magic recently. Mm-hmm. I would have absolutely no qualms whatsoever if my children got into My Little Pony because we've watched a bunch of episodes because it's actually a very good cartoon show that's very well put together. Yep. There are bronies in my life who brought me this show and it's, it's, it's good. It's a quality show for kids that just happens to be cast with mostly girls. And there's nothing wrong with that.
4: Yep.
1: Um, You mentioned Lindsay Ellis earlier mm-hmm. about why she doesn't make YouTube content anymore. For the record, she is on Nebula still making content. If you want more Lindsay Ellis in your life. Um, she does a, a fascinating episode that I really appreciated. Uh, an apology to Stephanie Meyer um, because of the, all the Twilight hate. And she's not specifically saying that Twilight is good Personally, I don't think Twilight is good I don't appreciate the romanticizing of something that is very clearly an unhealthy relationship Mm -hmm. But the point of her video essay is that we have not done right by girls Girls are allowed to love Twilight That's okay The reason, and she's positing that the reason Twilight got so much hate is because girls liked it. Yeah. Right? So, therefore, this is obviously garbage. Well, no. Um, A very good friend of mine gave me a philosophy. Not specifically. It's his philosophy that I've adopted because I agree with it. If If somebody likes something, then that thing has value. That doesn't mean it's good, but it means it has value. There are millions of Twilight fans out there. Twilight has value. It has done something for somebody. And I hope that something is positive. But hating on something just because it's for girls or because girls like it is BS. Yep. Yeah.
2: It happens so, so much the moment something is targeted towards girls or women, people just turn on it. Like it could be the same product. And somehow it was like, this is targeted to boys. This is targeted to girls. We could do like the same thing in like alternate universes. It would be the same. Like the boys would be like, yeah, I love this. So great. Woo. And then it's for girls. And it's suddenly like this, this hate crime. Like, Oh no, you've done a thing. You've done a bad no. I have a thought
1: experiment for you. This doesn't no. have to go on the podcast. I have a thought experiment for you. What if the original NES was pink? Ooh. What if What if
3: somebody back in the day decided that video games were for girls?
2: Oh, this could be yeah. a very different kind of world. I mean, Star Trek
3: was originally for Bored Housewives.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Hey, I'm a Trek fan
1: because of my mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mom watched Trek. So I watched Trek.
2: Yeah. I watched nerds begat Greg, nerds, is what sorry. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, totally. I grew up at science fiction conventions. Admittedly, it was with both of my parents. So it was kind of an equal footing in th- in that regard. But yeah, there were always I mean, there was always pretty much parody when I was there, but I mean I was a kid, so half the time I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah. I grew up around my parents' friends. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, we're hitting the 90-minute mark, and I know we only yeah. have two hours of recording on Danica's track, so... Uh,
1: we should probably do our end slate stuff.
3: Yeah. Is mm. there anything else that we haven't talked about that anyone wants to bring up? No, I'm pretty happy. No, it would just
1: be bitching at this point, <laughs> complaining about all the horrible things that have happened to me that I now recognize were horrible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't want this to be a man-hating episode, Yeah. that really wasn't the point.
2: Oh no, I came into it like that. (laughs) I guess we'll have to edit my stuff out. (laughs) That's why I came. It's okay, look. We'll end men. recording, and then we'll hate
1: on the men, mm-hmm. okay. and then Liam won't feel so bad.
0: No, I was gonna say that's why I came too. <laughs> <laughs> men
1: men suck. I
0: Let's right? talk about it. They're the yeah. worst. I-
1: <laughs> Welcome to side notes. Let's talk about why you're terrible. Uh, all right,
2: two hundred and ten dollars per hour. This is therapy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us. Thank you to the I Have Some Notes cast for uh, conceding their platform for us to talk about gender parity in uh, media. I think that's great. Uh, I Have Some Notes. You can follow the podcast on Facebook. What? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that's Facebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow I Have Some Notes on facebook.com slash I Have Some Notes, at I Have Some Notes on Twitter, at I Have Some Notes pod on Instagram, subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Google or your favorite podcast app.
1: You can also head over to patreon.com slash I Have Some Notes right now if you'd like to throw this podcast some of your monthly financial support. Uh, We really appreciate all of the patrons that help us do this. Thank you very much.
3: Next episode, we'll drill deep into the core. I've seen the core. It's a terrible movie. Awesome. (laughs) Alright. Thank you everyone so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. thank you
1: thank you thank you thank you my fellow lady podcasters this was um, this was really important for me
4: mm-hmm. Aww. Aww.
1: Like I said, I made it to that end of the documentary and I was in tears and I was like I need I need to put something out in the world. this needs to happen I need I need these people together. We need to yeah. talk about things
4: awesome. very even nice if it's,
1: me. even if it's just a bitch session for an hour I need <laughs> I need this to go out. So thank you for indulging me. I appreciate you. Okay.
3: Thank
2: you. Shall we Thank stop you.
3: recording?
4: I'm there. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> Aaron's just like, nope. No, I know. That's always a good idea. I, don't I can know see what, Greg so. behind
1: you. Go throw something at him.
4: <laughs> Greg. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're done recording. You're needed. I'm not touching anything because I'm going to break it. Right, I'm going to make Thanks, stopping. Liam. Thank
2: you. Thank <laughs> you.